0: Hello, welcome to our final Edinburgh Rahalastapa. Rahalastapa, i that you can well over there. And uh, just to say, this is the big Edinburgh news. We're sponsoring Next Up's biggest comedy award, uh, which is, is the biggest in that it's the largest comedy award. But we have provided a life changing £500 prize for whoever wins that. Uh, uh, award mainly as an attempt to we save some money by not going to Edinburgh so we're giving someone who spent too much money in Edinburgh 500 pounds and you can vote for your favourite person it closes on August the 24th if you're a Next Up member at com slash big award but enough about that we're not going to mess around today we have a fantastic guest a transatlantic guest who will be in Edinburgh at the time uh, of this uh, going out into your ears. Uh, he's probably best known as the role of voice in parentheses in the Shivering Truth. It's wonderful, <laughs> Mike Babilia. Hello, Mike. How are you doing? Uh,
2: I know the joke is that it's a ridiculous <laughs> uh, credit, but that Shivering Truth is actually kind of an amazing series created by Vernon Chapman, Good. who who uh, who does a lot of he does he's written a lot on uh, South Park.
0: Oh, sure. My yeah. main thing was. My main thing was everyone else had a name and you just had the word uh, voice, oh, of course. voice in parentheses. Oh, oh I, of course. I, I like that's, that's a perfect so were name. You a char- were you a character or were you just nothing?
2: I was a No, I was a character. <laughs> I was a character. I played. It's funny. It's a great clip on TikTok. Have you ever come across it? it okay. I play kind of a very uh, put upon man, not unlike myself, at a grocery store um, who keeps saying the wrong thing when they ask paper or plastic, which are the two types of bags they offer? And uh, and I keep I say paper, and they explain why I'm wrong. And then I say plastic, and then they explain why I'm wrong about that also. And that it's uh, it. it's kind of brilliant actually. But uh, anyway, we- it's
0: lovely to speak with you. It's lovely to speak with you. And it was very hard for me to find a credit. There was things that I knew that a British audience wouldn't know, but there was nothing that was bad. If you had to oh. pick, if you had to pick your most embarrassing credit, what would you what would you have, have picked?
2: Oh my gosh! I when I was in college and I was trying to break into acting, I did a, a lot of these educational videos, and oh, I yeah. would do. It would be like it would be like how to change the oil on your car, and it would be. I mean, I don't even know who this was for because they were so juvenile that it's like, I mean, it's as though it's for a five-year-old, but a five-year-old can't drive a car. So I don't know who it's for. And it would be these things where it would be, I would be, of course, you know, the guy who does it wrong. Here's the guy who does it right. Who's goofus and gallant, you know, here's the guy who does it right. Here's the guy who does it wrong. The guy does it wrong. Can't just do it wrong. Like I had to have like oil spurt in my eye. (laughs) Okay. That was the most embarrassing, I think.
0: (laughs) That's good. I wish I'd found that, but I didn't find (laughs) it in my research. So you win. Um, Hey, look, it's fantastic you're back in the UK. You've come over here a lot with your shows, and I know you've got a big UK audience. Um, And I think most people in the UK would actually recognize you because you you have acted in a lot of big films and TV series. Uh, but you do have quite self-effacing ad for your latest show on uh, Instagram. I think I've seen it or maybe TikTok where you say, hey, I'm Mike Baviglia. You won't know who I am. But I'm coming, I'm, I'm well, that's, coming to the UK. That's
2: my experience there though, when I visit the UK. And there's nothing wrong with it. It's lovely. But uh, but yeah, my, it's it's the people who know what I do generally show up to the shows. And the people who don't, don't. And that's, that's perfectly fine. Although the way... What's interesting is with six shows in Edinburgh and 30 performances in the West End, I feel like may- maybe it changes. I don't know. Honestly, it could.
0: Yeah.
2: It really well, depends, on, depends on how it
0: goes. Yeah, of course. Um, And like the a UK audience, I mean, we go all over the world, but a UK audience and I'm sure the world audience can catch up on a lot of your or a good chunk of your specials on Netflix, which I've been yes. watching this week, which I've very much enjoyed. But you have done... Uh, a good, a good, a good lot of one man shows and they are really impressive. I, I I watch them with slight envy because I think you and me are in sl- in sort of the same ballpark in what we yeah. are doing. Uh, although I think I've sort of, I've shifted maybe more to stand up in some, in some of my shows. And I watch your shows with a bit of envy thinking maybe I should have stayed with the sort of one man, <laughs> the one man show thing because they're quite theatrical, right? But, but they are also, they're, they're funny and they are stand up, but you you usually have a few theatrical tricks and bits of set and that sort of thing in them.
2: I think the goal with the shows, my my director, Seth Barish and I have always worked on this with all of our shows. And again, on Netflix, like people could probably see, I'm trying to think of what's on there. Thank God for jokes. The new one. And then possibly my girlfriend's boyfriend is somewhere around there. And uh, what we try to do is, is have a series of stories that add up to a single story. Yeah. Such that and I've weir- it's like I did this show the old man in the pool on Broadway and I but I it finished in January so I'm re. I'm re-listening to it and memorizing it again yeah. and I've actually had this experience of like oh I really like that pivot from that topic to the other because it, it really is fresh eyes yeah, but then yeah. uh, but then similarly I'm like oh that could be better.
0: Well, that's good. But, you know, that is that's part of the expense of putting these shows together. I mean, what I like about watching the Netflix shows was sort of and I'm sure people get this with my shows as well. I've done like 14 shows over the last 20 years. Wow. And obviously you, you know, you're in different places in your life. And what's very noticeable with your shows is like in one you're going, I'm never getting married. I'm never having kids. I'm never having, I'm never having kids. I'm never going to die. Uh, so you know, it's sort of each show almost is an is an answer to the last one. As you do have, get married and do have kids, I, I really love. Actually, my favourite one was uh, my girlfriend's boyfriend. I think thanks because uh, uh, what it's the ending is. I mean, I don't want to wreck it, but the ending is um, re- properly surprising because you're sort of thinking uh, this will go one way. You know, this has to go one way, and, and but in almost every way and And it sort of goes differently than you might expect i'll I'll say that and, i i, uh,
2: I owe a, I, I appreciate it I owe a huge credit to that for that ending to a collaboration I did with ira glass who ho- right. the host and producer of this American life He and I were working on that specific story in his office for this- Amer- this american life and we sort of came upon it and he whenever I say that he always disclaims it, but the truth is we we came up with that together,
0: yeah. But it's it's terrific, and I also like the the title is so great because you sort of assume it means you. Yes, yes, <laughs> and, but, and it doesn't necessarily mean you. Yes. but it is. It, but what I think I like about because you're not there are American comedians who I think to, especially to a UK audience's ears can sometimes be a bit abrasive and mm. and, and 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 that sort of part of the. Hey cancel culture, I hate cancel culture and yes and, you know, yes. and I, but you are not that, but equally you own up to your mistakes and you tell stories against yourself and you tell stories that I think don't there's a story there's a story about you visiting a prostitute in Amsterdam in one of the shows, mm-hmm. which I think most comedians like you might not tell because it' sort of a little bit goes against.
2: Not, not only not only would they not tell, but uh, <laughs> many people in my life told me not to tell. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, it's great. but it's great that you that you tell because it's, again it's important to the show, and I and you can see that you're uncomfortable in doing it. But that's you know I think that both in that and in my and my girlfriend's boyfriend, you you it's it's sort of so open, um, but that uh, and yeah I don't know it's it's. I, I, I really love the message of it of, of sort of not the not the necessity not to be right anymore and the change it is in you. So it's you know it's, that, it's... That, that's my favorite one. But uh, thank but... you
2: so much. I think yeah, I, I like to I like to 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 walk around in 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 my imperfections and sort of dig deep into them. And yeah. I've had trouble recently because they've all gone away and I've fixed myself <laughs> and. So I just have nothing to talk about anymore.
0: <laughs> well, it's a little bit the same for, for me. <laughs> and, I think, and weirdly, I think our current show, the, the show you're doing and the show I'm working on, are sort of very much in the same area by the sounds of it. I haven't seen uh, The Old Man in the Pool, obviously, because uh, it's not it's not out yet. And I haven't uh, had a chance to see it, but I hope I will. Come. Well, I'm sort of in two minds because because I'm working on a show about an illness I had. Uh, and it sounds like this is what your oh, wow. in the pool is about. So I had testicular cancer two years. Oh, ago. Oh no, so. kidding! Yeah. Wow. So there's there's a lot of crossovers because you talk about in your show about having you know having the operation to have your uh, have, have the varicose I had the varicose
2: <laughs> repair, but also yeah. I had bladder cancer when I was twenty. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So so it sounds like we're we're in a in a similar area. Not that that's necessarily a problem, but uh, it does. It, 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 when you hear about something like that, it makes me think, oh, I really want to see this show and it's coming to London. But as a comedian, do I want to come and see it in case, you know, it somehow it we, I, it pollutes my show or there's a crossover with my show, you know, so it's it, that's a difficult thing. But tell us tell us about this show anyway.
2: Well, this show is, uh, like you're saying, I, I, I start off uh, the show at a doctor's appointment where I fail the pulmonary test. I think that you, got, you, you call it that as well. It's where you blow into a tube... Yeah. To test your uh, your 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 lung capacity, and I and, they, and the doctor said, if I was just going by this result that was on the screen, I would say you're having a heart attack right now. And I said, am I having a heart attack? Because if I if I thought I was, I would come here and I would <laughs> tell you. And 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 so she sent me to a cardiologist and a series of uh, it kind of the show spirals into a series of doctors' appointments, which land me at uh the ymca pool which which as i understand it in the uk is the equivalent of kind of the leisure center yeah. <laughs> uh which is which is one of the things basically a pool that has way too much chlorine uh the, there's a line in it where i say "There, like i don't know what the hell kind of heinous crime they're covering up at that y m c a pool, but I think something went down like there was a mob hit in the middle of the night. A bunch of goons were like, "Do we dig a ditch or do we bring the body down to the y m c a pool?" I got a family membership. We use a guest pass for the corpse. We drop it in the pool. it disintegrates within six hours uh, it 's a lot of chlorine but but it's uh but I basically sp- I talk a lot about kind of getting healthy, swimming, doing all these things that 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 I really never thought I would do in my life. That I swore when I was a kid, I'm never going back to the YMCA pool. And here I am. Yeah. So of course, similar. Uh, it's there's a parallel, of course, to the what you were saying earlier with the bear. Yes. I'm never going to get married. I'm never going to have a child. I'm never going to go to the YMCA pool. And I find that that's definitely a recurring theme in my life. The I, I'm never <laughs> going to do blank is always followed by do, cut to blank.
0: Yeah, but I, but I think that's part of. The, the process that everyone goes through, I think that they're very relatable. I think these shows to most oh, people, yeah. Even sure. though some, of, even though a lot of the things are are very specific to you, which yes. is always good. But yeah, I mean, I think it it is interesting as a as a comedian who's worked, but we both worked for a long time. We've both done a lot of shows, and yeah, if you reach a, a sense of ba- balance and personal happiness, um, then you have to find stuff elsewhere. Uh, but it does it does feel like you, you know you have a you do have like quite a lot of of health issues you look pretty healthy but you have a lot of of issues so you've done uh you've done a show and in a routine about your sleepwalking which nearly like killed you
2: yeah that's correct <laughs> i jumped i jumped through a second story window in my sleep and uh i've lived to tell the tale which is why it's funny if if i had died it would have been a tragedy and uh, but i lived so it's a comedy
0: I mean, it is, but as a comedian, I mean, I know when I've got the the one point I did in the whole of the story of my testicular cancer that I didn't think, oh, great, I can do a show about this, is when I got the phone call that sort of in, you know heavily implied i was having cancer and thought i might die for a second i didn't think this will be a great show but all the way through the rest of it <laughs> i was thinking but if you're coming up with that stuff i mean you're doing it in your sleep if you're walking there you can't even be thinking this will be great for a show because you're not even awake um true, i was kind of in, i was i was interested in the so you went when you to save yourself when you go to bed you're sort of in a in a sleeping bag wearing mittens yeah sleep-
2: i sort of i zip myself up in a sleeping bag up to my neck and there wear mittens so i can't open the sleeping bag yeah and and, uh, point- and I, I take and i take medication which drives me nuts i take right. like, clonazepam which uh i i literally i've been taking this medication for 15 years and it was only i only looked at the the side effects like last week right. and it was like depressed <laughs> like depression <laughs> poor motor skills and you know I'm trying to think of what the other one was, and I was just like, "Oh, I thought that that was just my personality." <laughs> it's like that moment in your life where you realize that your your personality is uh, side effects.
0: Yeah, is it? I wondered just what because, like you know, I was offered I snore and I grind my teeth, and I was offered like a mouth guard, and I kind of thought, "Oh, yeah," but I mean, that's at what point do you put that in? And it's not. <laughs> it's not. It's not sexy. If you're hoping to have sex. Yeah with your partner yeah that's not sexy yeah at what point do you put on the the sleeping bag and the mittens if you 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 know because it's
2: it's if if you're still by the way if you're still (laughs) holding out for sexy i'm gonna i'm gonna break some news (laughs) to you yeah no, it's, there's there's some other factors. No, it's uh, I you know I my, my director Seth and I always go back to this, like, there's an old saying which is we're only as sick as our secrets, and and I I always think like if you're not telling secrets on stage, then you're not giving the audience what they need.
0: Sure. Okay.
2: <laughs> That's how I view. I don't know. I mean, I I I always enjoy it when I see a comedian say something where I know they're not so comfortable talking about it. The other thing yeah. that I find is I I have an extraordinary amount of people come up to me and say, you know, I struggle from this type of cancer, I've had this kind of sleepwalking disorder, I've this kind of I lost my dad, you know, uh, last year I, you know, the amount of people who relate to when you tell a personal story that you're uncomfortable telling, the amount of people who come up to you and relate to you in an, in a parallel way versus yeah. a one to one way is so many that it actually makes the whole thing worth it you know what i mean like sometimes yeah. you do feel like you know I, I don't know about you but i travel a lot and sometimes with the amount of airplanes and uh, rental cars and driving all over the place and you know playing some gigs that are not as not as fun as others sometimes you go what's it worth you know but <laughs> but, but but you do encounter i feel like if you open up to audiences you do encounter people who really need it and that's who it's for
0: yeah no i totally agree and i and i and, and exactly the 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 routines that i've thought oh i can't do that and that i've backed away from doing for fear i guess are very much like you know like, very much like your prostitute experience you kind of yeah. those those are the ones that a stick in the mind and b do absolutely go the best i guess it's because of that because you know the audience know you're putting yourself in an excruciating, I mean, a different comedian would tell that, that story and it wouldn't be excruciating. They'd be going, Hey, I went, I went yes. to Amsterdam and visit a no, prostitute. for sure. And you were going, you horrible man, but, but you're, you are excruciated and embarrassed by yourself. And, and it's an, a very important part of the show. So, you know, yeah, it's, 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 I mean, it, it's endlessly fascinating. Really, oh, to me, the, 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 that, that element of, of comedy. Um, but, uh, Look I, well. Look, let's, well. Let's say before I forget and make sure we get it in that uh, the old man in the pool is on. You're at the underbelly, right in in, in Edinburgh.
2: Yeah, I'll tell um, you exactly where it is. It's it's a it's a fancy kind of like castle looking place. Okay, that nice. I've that I've never <laughs> been to before. Um, underbelly, Bristow Square. Okay, yeah, that's is, uh, which is. Uh, it looks... I mean, have you been there? It looks gorgeous.
0: I'm not sure, because the Underbelly has moved around, done lots of different things, and I haven't been up this year, so I'm not sure. It might be the old Gilded Balloon building. I think uh, so. But, not, but, yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, it's, Bristow Square's a, a great place to be. Um, you've done Edinburgh a, a few times, right? No, no, no. I it's, no. it's
2: my it's my debut.
0: Oh, is it? Wow, okay. Yeah. It's well, my it's...
2: Edinburgh debut. Yeah, it's... Uh, I'm thrilled. I'm, I'm thrilled, because I... For years, people have said to me that I'm an Edinburgh act, and I, but I've, and yet I've never been there. So I, yeah. I'm thrilled. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, the, the Bristow Square is a brilliant place to be. That's right now the the basically central hub of the whole thing. Uh, so yes, you'll have you will definitely have fun there. And then when it comes, oh,
2: McEwen to the, H- McEwen Hall, McEwen Hall. Okay.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That That's what it I know, is. I know it is. Yeah um and whereabouts uh is the show if people want to come and see it it's it's only in london right you're only doing london and, and the
2: then in london it's at the wyndham's theater great w- which is which is in the west end and it's gorgeous oh my yeah. gosh spectacular i actually <laughs> met a comedian this weekend um uh john bishop in new york oh, yes. and i had never met him before but apparently he's a massive comedian and uh he was at the Comedy Cellar in New York, which is my okay. like home club here in Brooklyn. Yeah. And I watched him, and I just thought he was an absolute riot. I just thought this guy's fantastic.
0: <laughs> he is good. He's done very well. He's he does
2: this. Well he does this sign language piece, uh, right. which is which I thought was beautiful. I mean, like truly, I was saying to him, I go, I I I love watching you because um, I think that in in Europe that like long form which is what i do long form storytelling and uh uh, comedy i think has caught on more than it has in america i think in in america it's a bit more set up punch punch tag and it's uh and and there it just seems like like he really took his time and i really just loved watching him
0: yeah it's great i'm glad he's i think because he's become quite a big tv well a big tv star uh, and presenter, and you know, that sort of thing. So it's, it's, and he does an interview, he does a, uh, he does an interview show. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's great to see him back doing stand up because he was, he was sort of, I mean, it, it was probably 20 years ago he started, he first came to Edinburgh, but it was like a breath of fresh air because he's like, also, he's, you know, in the UK, you're right that, that, uh, the sort of storytelling and the hour long or 90 minute long thing is, is much more, uh, much more prevalent I guess than in the states but yeah. Uh, yeah but he did you know he sort of broke through very fast and got successful very quickly so I'm glad he's doing stand up again he does I don't know him very well but I've met him a couple of times he is a, a, a very nice guy um uh, I want to well, let's talk a little bit about some of your uh, acting which is again inc- you know very impressive cv uh, when it comes to acting and where, where people might have seen you, and I think I don't—I don't think I made the connection uh, for this between it being you, but you're in Orange Is the New Black, which was the character that I, I really loved, and I didn't realize it was—I mean, I did—I think I maybe wasn't aware I was aware of your comedy when that came out, but I, but I was surprised to see that credit, and then I went, "Oh yeah, he's that guy." Orange yeah, is
2: yeah, he's he that guy.
0: <laughs> I have a lot of—I
2: I, yeah, I played Danny Pearson, yeah. who is sort of like a corporate uh, prison executive on Orange is the New Black for a few seasons and uh yeah. and it, I just loved it I just loved working with those folks and uh with Gen G who who created the show and and uh and and I got to work you know with TV often like in that case it was like different directors almost every episode and so yeah. I got to work with Nicole Holof Center and and all kinds of really cool film directors and uh I just I loved it.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, and you and many. Well, I'd like to thank you for your appearance in Annie, which was our kids' uh, lockdown film that we watched. Oh my god, a wow. lot of a lot of times. But I was not, I was delighted to see you pop up in Annie as a sort of uh, government official, I suppose, coming to <laughs> coming to check out I'm the, a lot of. Go- <laughs> yeah, this is this
2: interview is making me realize how many government officials I
0: play. <laughs> But you're working with Cameron Diaz, and that's the other thing you notice from watching your, your, your TikToks and your Instagram is that a lot of celebrities come to your show. So Tom Hanks has been re- recently because you've been in a film with Tom Hanks. Yeah, I was
2: in A Man Called Otto with Tom Hanks, and uh, and uh, yeah, another government official coming over, real 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 estate agent guy. Yeah, yeah. I'm always. Uh, I think I people like to cast me as that. Kind of thing, yeah,
0: yeah, but then that's it you know it's not usual that Tom Hanks would be in a film and you know he's in a lot of films with lots of actors it's not that usual that he would sort of befriend to the extent of coming to see their one man shows is it it was that-
2: it was really nice, I mean that we had the show at Lincoln Center for twelve weeks, and it was it was honestly it was just completely thrilling uh the the people. Who came through? We sometimes people tell me I lo- I look a little bit I have a resemblance to Paul Rudd. And one night he came and we took a photo where I'm looking in the mirror, and then it was a trick shot where we photoshopped it to look like I'm looking in the mirror, and it is Paul Rudd. <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, I feel I, I yeah I feel I feel I feel lucky all those folks came. It was it was uh, Steve Martin came, which was always wow. like yeah, sort of a dream.
0: Yeah, it's incredible. Do you? I mean, again, it, it, I don't want to be insulting because you are, you know, you've worked for a long time. I feel an insult coming up. It's not good. I don't think it is going to no, be No, I feel but like. It's, it's just because you seem so like a regular guy. Like, I recognize you as a regular comic, and, you know, I kind of feel like, oh, I. I have some parallels with this guy. If I was in a film with Cameron Diaz or Tom, Tom Hanks, I'd lose my fucking mind. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you are you, is it is your acting career at the point where you think well this is normal or do you or it does that does, no, does it does it throw you? I mean that was
2: exciting. That was really exciting. I mean I that, that's like childhood dream stuff. I yeah, mean I grew on. up watching the movie Big and uh you know really like all of Tom Hanks's movies and i think it it uh yeah it i did not and also i my first scene on set of the man called Otto with Tom i was so nervous that they had me driving my real estate agent car uh around this corner and then and then i have to sort of speed up and then stop abruptly cuz Tom's character Hits the car and then uh, Mark Forrester was a director and the camera. He has the camera operator pulling in on a crane. It's like a crane aerial shot coming in to catch my first line. And this whole thing is choreographed and it comes in and I am sky high with my lines. I have nothing. And I and Tom says his line and then I'm just silent and then Tom <laughs> starts to lead me through what my line is oh, by God. not saying it, but saying things like, How do you feel about me? You know what I mean? Like and and it, and it was and I still couldn't get it. And then they called cut. But it was just one of those things where I was like, Not only am I messing this up, but I'm I'm forcing Tom Hanks to be kind of the uh the the it, a a like a like a, a wildly generous scene partner way above and beyond. So, uh, well, but but we did get it, and you know, yeah, it, you, you got that it that, that first take was brutal. I, it was just, <laughs> I felt, I couldn't have felt more awful.
0: But that's you know, it's that's good to hear because I think that shows. You know, it, 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 I, I've done a bit of acting, but I can't imagine what it's like acting in in something of that scale with with people like that. And I, it's good to know that that people fuck things
2: I, up. I'm nervous about everything all the time. I'm nervous about coming to Edinburgh next week. Yeah, like not be nervous I, about that, but I am. But <laughs> I, you know, I I have had this realization really recently that I dread everything that I do. Like I'll dread, like I'll take this, the subway somewhere and I'll go, oh, I got to do this show. And then, and then, I'll, and then I'll get, and then I'll get on the subway and I'll go, oh, I like the subway, you know, and then I'll get to the show and I'll be like, oh, I got to perform for these people. And, and then I get, I look at them and I'm like, oh, I like these people. They, they, they want to have a good time. They want to laugh. And, and I think in some ways that's what death is like. It's like we dread our death our whole lives, and then one day I'm gonna die, and I'm gonna be like, "This is nice. No one's mad at me." You know what I mean? <laughs> I
0: think I think you're right. But I it's all right. it's
2: all equivalent to me. Like honestly, like I'm nervous about like most most things in advance.
0: Okay, so that's good to know. That's good yeah, you're nervous about everything. <laughs> um, and let tell me about. I've, I've seen you in a Taylor Swift video, and I can't. Uh, you're playing. Taylor Swift, son, son,
2: yeah, yeah, in the future, in like a dystopian future, and I have a wild kind of wig on, and I'm, yeah, it it was, it was a blast, yeah. Uh,
0: How did that? I mean, a was there any feeling that you might end up dating Taylor Swift that had being in a video because that's Uh. always i don't think so
2: no i that was uh, of the, a million possibilities that yeah. does not crack the top million
0: yeah, it could have been i mean she was playing your mum. it would have been weird but it's that's that's okay and how, how do you how did it come about that do you is she, is she a fan of yours or are you a fan of i hers? i
2: think that we met through a, a musician close friend of mine jack antonoff who she collaborates with a lot and has his own band that's called bleachers that's amazing and uh we met at a thing and she it she just so happened to be writing the song antihero and that day right and she was writing the video for it at the same time and right and then uh i had no idea but in her mind it kind of clicked that it would be funny if this guy played that part okay. and then like and then a few months later i got a text message from her That I that said, hey, it's Taylor. And would you want to do this? And it was this whole script. She wrote the whole script for the video and I'm directing it. And she said, I'm directing it and all that. And I just said, sign me up, you know, and then (laughs) then I I showed up a few months later. And it's probably more people have seen that than anything I've ever done in my whole life (laughs) is me in a wig playing Taylor's son.
0: It's good. It's a bit like the thriller video because the music stops and we get a little. Scene yes. Of, yeah. Yes. I like. Yeah. I like, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and
2: it was a fun, fun set. I mean, it was. Yeah. Uh, it was. It was wonderful. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Good. Right. I'm going to ask you some uh, of my emergency questions and see how we get on with that because you come from an improvisational background. Please. Uh, I'm sure you're going to be fine about this. Um, if you could go into a chrysalis and dissolve like a caterpillar does. But you can come out of the chrysalis as anything you would like to be. How would you emerge from the chrysalis? What would you be and who would you be and or well, what would you change?
2: This is a great question. Thank you. Um That's a stalling tactic.
0: I know, I get it. It is also it is also a great question though. So <laughs> <laughs> Um
2: if I can emerge as anything.
0: I I, I think maybe a cat.
2: I mean I okay. have two cats precious and mr mustache and i feel like i really enjoy watching them all day and i do feel like i really would enjoy i I, you know in harry potter the i want to say the professor turns into a cat a handful of times and i just think it's a nice it seems like a fun ride
0: yeah i think that's right how did mr mustache get his name or her name Mis- you'd have uh, you'd
2: have to see Mr. Mustache, and then you'd you would not ask this question.
0: Well, they uh, you know, it's Mr. Mustache. It might have a mustache, but <laughs> the formality of, of Mr. Mis- <laughs> I like the formality of Mr. Mustache.
2: <laughs> yeah, Mr. Mustache, and yeah, my daughter Una is eight years old, and uh, I think yeah, she named Precious Mr. Mustache. Yeah, our and, kids uh, did
0: the same with our cats. Uh, yeah, one of them. One of them's a, a tabby cat that they call chocolate, and the other one's a ginger cat that they call tabby. So,
2: ah, well, I if you recommend, <laughs> let me know if you recommend any kids shows in Edinburgh because I'm bringing Una, my Jen, my wife Jenny and I are bringing Una to Edinburgh, and, and and everybody just tells me the kids shows are incredible.
0: They are great, Mister the Mister Bubble Man or Mister the the man who does the massive bubbles is always fantastic, and he's oh, always is that there. right? Yeah, Bubble. but he's hard. But the Bubble Man or something someone Bub- like Bubble, Bubble Man. Bubble Man. Uh, my kids and wife, my my kids and wife have been in Edinburgh. The show they talked about the most. I'm not sure it's the best show or best show for a parent to take the kids to do, is 101 Ways to Annoy Your Parents. 101 is...
2: Ways to Annoy Your Parents. <laughs>
0: so I picked them up from the station and they tried some of it and they were going. They, instead of saying "Oh, we're nearly there," they were saying "We're not there yet. We're not there yet." So there was no way of getting out of of that. So they, that that. And it has lots of bogeys in it and stuff.
2: 101 ways to to annoy your parents. parents, And and bubble man. And then we're going to, I think, Una just read Harry Potter last week for the first time. So it's a great synchronicity with coming to Scotland. Yes. Because at very least we can see the the castle that's the exterior in the movie for Hogwarts.
0: Yes, you can. Uh, Yeah, well, you really, and Edinburgh is an amazing place for that there's a place, there's a thing you can go it's St Mar- I think it's called St Mary's Walk but it's the underground old city on, underneath the Royal Mile where you can go and visit the they they built on top of the old houses so you can go and look inside medieval houses which wow. is very which is very Wait light. wait can you say that the name of that again so I can write that uh, down you will find it it's, I think it's called St Mary's I mean I can probably google it
2: to get it You're right. I'm just gonna write "Houses Under City."
0: Yeah, you will definitely find. I'll figure I'll figure that out. Mary's oh. house
2: under city. <laughs> it's, it's really which good. Which has been renamed by Richard Herring.
0: <laughs> and uh, there is uh, there's a book written by David Wilsencroft called "The Magic Hour," which sort of I think is is influenced by that city, which I would also recommend if you. Oh wow! If Magic your daughter, Hour. if your daughter likes uh, Harry Potter, I think she would like that as well. Oh nice. Um good <laughs> but I'm yeah it's it all down it is you know it's it, if you get i mean i found the difficulty going to edinburgh with a family and doing shows is uh well because i was doing an afternoon show as well so hey i missed out on going to, with a lot of the kids shows but you're so tired you know you've either got to look after your kids or you're so tired uh that it's difficult to get out and see too much but yeah i mean there's, there's obviously so much to see you're going to be turning up just as everyone is knackered and 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 angry and depressed so good luck Uh, thank you (laughs) i don't know
2: if that's an encouraging thing to say
0: the other performers the audiences (laughs) should be okay the (laughs) audience should be okay but the other performers will be will be husks i got i i I haven't gone up this year because i found it i only did 10 days last year and i found it just because i've done i've done it like 25 times or something like that 26 times oh my gosh so so I just but it, I found it too wearing and depressing but also just the the pressure of all that it's the same thing as having all your shows and seeing your life but you go to yes. a place that you've been to once a year for 25 years or over to, over 30 years and just every street corner has a story I kind of felt this sort of I felt like a fossil being pushed down by the layers of my own life wow so you know but you, does, this your does first...
2: somebody does somebody have a pen
0: <laughs> so this is this is your first time so you'll be fine <laughs> if you come back that... for the next 30 years then you'll then you'll be crushed that sounds like
2: mary's house is under the city <laughs> in your soul
0: it could be but you like... you'll, you'll, but... you'll have a fantastic time there I, i'm sure I, I yeah i'm sure I, I i
2: think that 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 makes up for it at the end but i'm sure you'll <laughs> have a fantastic time the that's what i love I, I, I love having an interview with a comedian as opposed to like a talk show host because you're just like oh everyone's gonna be exhausted and and nobody's gonna want to be there and but i'm sure you'll be fine everyone will hate
0: you because you'll turn up all yeah. fresh faced and excited yeah. and go fuck off mike yeah, we, yeah. We, we haven't got nominated for any awards it's oh my it's, gosh it's i think it's the actually you know i always used to do the full run and I actually think just doing a few days is absolutely the way to do it. It's 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 sort of when you're a young man, I think it's so young yeah. performer. It's a good thing to be forced to do something thirty times. Yeah. But uh, but uh, but yeah, I think I think you're doing it exactly right. I would say, although maybe the middle week would have been better than the end. I
2: well, I was excited until this
0: interview. <laughs> Well, I want you to go <laughs> feeling as unple- and then you can, it can only you can only go up. I know you're worried about going already, so uh, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna help you with that.
1: Cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Here's a cool fact.
0: Um, I'm going to ask you another emergency question. Do you have uh, Do you have school sports days in? Uh, do you have like the equivalent of a sports day in, in America at school? Where you yeah wear... something like that. Yeah. How did you? How were you at school in sports days? What are your memories of school sports days? So, I I have
2: a story in the show about uh, how in 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 high school I made the mistake, uh, tenth grade. I made the mistake of joining the wrestling team, okay. and, and I say which was a huge mistake. My teammates explained to me uh, because you can't uh, blend in in wrestling practice. You know, I played football when I was younger, and uh, you can blend in in football yeah. practice. People be like, "There's Mike." No, Mike's in the woods. You know what I mean? And but in wrestling practice, you can't blend in. And I'll tell you one detail about wrestling practice, which is they paired me up with. Uh, someone of my own ability. And I was in the 152 pound weight class based on ability that paired me up with the, our 102 pound wrestler. Okay. And I said, I don't know if you've seen a 102 pound person, but these are smaller people. It was a little bit like wrestling your own baby. And this magical baby would pin me multiple <laughs> times per practice. It was like watching a paperweight be pinned by paper. And it was, I hated everything about it. It was really, truly like the, my least favorite thing of my whole life.
0: Good. I'm sorry to have brought that up but you know clearly uh, in comedy terms again I mean that's you know you do you know you mind your 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 childhood in uh, in terms of the make out club and the or the no oh, make out yes, no yeah. club as well which again is a very relatable thing I mean, weirdly I think those things tend to be relatable for nearly everyone everyone sort of feels they're the bad sports person or the person who was the last one to make out so yeah. even though that even though that can't possibly be true um, I think it's still it's weird that 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 sort of will most people would chime there'll be someone going no I was snogging people when I was 12 and you know but but most well, people it's... go yeah I was the last one I feel like I was the last one to to kiss anyone
2: yeah no I think it's I feel that's another one that when I tell that story people come up to me and say I was I was I was the yeah. last person yes. yeah
0: but they can't all have been can they so yes exactly we, we, it's interesting about how we perceive ourselves and yeah, but yeah, that that's good. Uh, uh, one more emergency question is I okay. think, you'll, think you'll like is um, if all the art galleries and museums in the world got together and said, we love Mike Birbiglia's comedy, we want to give you one thing that you can keep from any okay. museum or any art gallery. Is there an object or a, a piece of art or a piece of history that you would like to possess?
2: To own, to keep? Yeah,
0: yeah to keep forever. Wow.
2: Um i'm I feel like some kind of famous bed right. or, or couch, yeah, because i I just believe in functional art yeah. i i I, just, I don't believe in this idea that you that it would be even such a big deal to have a Picasso on your wall. I just feel like if someone made a really spectacular couch, I would purchase that. <laughs> okay,
0: that's good. Would you like like an one, an historical one or would you just like a good functional uh, I think a
2: historical couch. one would be great. Something yeah. in something in the royal realm, you know, something yeah. that has something in the you know from the one of the Scottish castles. I mean, I, I I'm all for any kind of historic furniture that's that's yeah, what i would do okay. yeah a
0: lot of a lot of those beds uh, don't look comfortable though i mean you might need to no it's bring true a, bring a, bring no, a i would do i
2: would do kind of a sleep number conversion on it okay <laughs> good good answer I put, I put some kind of memory <laughs> foam on the historic
0: frame <laughs> i think you could do that that's um so do you know what your next show is going to be are you working on your next show or I or, do you know it's funny yeah. you should, it's funny you should mention that the the making out
2: when you're a kid or when you're younger because I the the current title the work in progress title for the next show is please stop the ride in reference to being on the scrambler, yeah. which is, I, is it called the scrambler in the UK? Those, I mean, those I, rides I, I, where you're spinning in a circle, which is inside yeah, of they're another I, circle. and
0: they're so, Well, and I think there might be the waltzers; They might be called in the UK, but but I'm not sure. They might be. Yeah.
2: So when I was a kid, I went on that and I, I had dreams of, of being at the carnival and having my first kiss and all this kind of stuff. And then I remember just being on this ride and, uh, and feeling like, oh, I'm going to throw up for sure. And I don't know what to do. And every time the ride would circle around to be near the scrambler operator, I would say, please stop the ride. And uh, and then I would be back and I would be spinning and spinning and spinning. And uh, and the older I get, the more I realize that this story I've been telling for years and been thinking about for years of telling the operator, please stop the ride, feels so like so many things in my life. And I feel like in so many ways... We're on a ride, and, and there's not much we can do about it, and we have to just enjoy the ride. And, and that's sort of the basis of what I've been talking about lately. I've been talking about my relationship with my daughter and my wife and my childhood and, and kind of uh, go ping-ponging back and forth between time elapses of, of, of memories from my childhood and, and now raising my daughter and kind of like ruminating on what I can teach her, and I think it's nothing.
0: <laughs> <coughs> I mean, I think it's, it's interesting is that when comedians, you get this certain type of comedy fan that when when comedians who were, especially ones who were sort of avowedly single. Which uh, I mean, I was, I like you, and that I was single. I think I would have liked to have been in a family and been married, but uh, I wasn't for a long time. But they get annoyed when that comedian has kids and then starts doing material about their kids. But it, but it, you know, it would be a crazy. I mean, if you if you if you're following someone and, and their observations, it'd be, it's sort of crazy to me that you don't then go, oh, well, they, I haven't made that choice, but this is their choice. And I, I'm interested in seeing their life. Have you found any any pushback from fans on you talking about your family? I'm, I bet not. But
2: I spend a lot of time and this is part of the reason I love that I'm coming to Scotland. I loved I came to Leicester Square last year Um uh, I like performing i perform at a lot of universities here i like performing for as many different types of audiences as possible to know how well a bit can go and how poorly a bit can go because it teaches you so much about what's funny about what you're talking about to, to, to other people so like for example if people watch my special, which is called The New One on Netflix, it's all about how I never wanted to have a child and all the reasons why I never wanted to have a child and then about how I had a child and how I was right and then how I was wrong. And that's sort of how it becomes emotional at the end. And I had this thing when I was developing that show where it was killing in clubs and for my audiences. And then I performed at Princeton University here. And it didn't, I wouldn't say it bombed if I'm being honest, but it definitely didn't it was like a six, you know what I mean? <laughs> it was yeah. like it was like this is not what it's been, yeah. and I really looked within, and I and I ended up coming up with, and people watch the special to understand what I mean. I ended up coming up with this couch metaphor, like your whole life, you know, you know, you the when you, you the first time you get a couch or sofa you just find it on the street and then one day you're like maybe i could buy a, a sofa you know and then you do and you're like they that's how much it costs and, and it becomes this metaphor for like for for essentially like in some ways like domesticity and growing up and aging into different things and then what i found was and when i went back to universities and i opened with this couch metaphor that the sofa metaphor that people would be on the same page with me and that it was uh and then i talked about having kids and then they sort of got it like they got that they yeah. we were on the same page i feel like if you start with something that you all have in common you and the audience have in common they're willing to go somewhere else but if you open with so the other day my daughter did this it's sort of like well i don't have a child i don't really know what you're talking about
0: yeah okay that's good and you know your shows are very uh i mean they're they they're, they're, they're the sets and things are quite complex. So the set for The Old Man in the Pool is a wave. I, I believe you considered having an actual swimming pool in the... Yes, true story, the yeah. <laughs> Which, again, but when you come to tour something like that... Because I'll do, I'll do my shows for one night and take them somewhere else. So the idea of... You obviously do a residency somewhere. But when you're touring something, is that a pain in the arse? How, how, how are you translating that set when you come to the UK? So like a
2: majority of the time... I'm performing with no set like in Edinburgh, right. there'll be no set. Yeah. Um, but in, in the West end, like there's 30 performances and so they're building it. You know, the, right. the, the, the set was designed by Beowulf Barrett, and, and the lighting was uh, Aaron Kopp and, 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 a, uh, a, uh, a really wonderful team of people who created the design. Sure. And so we will bring the, 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 the Wyndham's theater will have the full designed, uh, Set and uh, yeah, I love performing on a set because it's like that thing that they say about when you give an actor a pair of shoes, all of a sudden they they're inhabiting the character that of the shoe. You know what I mean? And and I yeah. feel like the set design is like that. Like it's it's this kind of swimming pool uh, aesthetic, it's kind of a tile aesthetic, and it kind of transports me back to my childhood uh, at the YMCA pool, which is a lot of what the show's about.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, I think they, those details, they do sort of transform. And I can completely see all of these shows working without any of this because the material's great. But it does, you know, it does, if you're going to the theatre, often, you know, if you're coming to see me, often it will just be me standing on the stage. And so it does make it feel like. And your tickets, I noticed, for London are not that expensive, which I, uh, which is terrific. They're like about 25 quid, which is. Yeah. Which is good, I think. I think that's, yeah. a good, that's a good fair price. But at least you know you're going to a theatre, and 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 some effort has been made. I you know I, I think it, the theatricality and the use, and you know you've clearly got a, a big team of people that you work with to achieve this. But it does it does sort of elevate it, I think. To to another level
2: that's the subtitle of the show is uh some some effort has been made right
0: <laughs> but it's you know it's 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 very interesting to me you know, i'm i'm glad to have i've always been aware of you and i've seen bits and pieces of you and i follow you on uh, social media so i've seen lots of clips but it's been really great and i'm really inspiring actually to to watch um, nice. to watch those shows and think about a to think about what i've done differently because uh, i started out and i didn't i wasn't i did stand up and i didn't like it and then i came back i did a double act and then i came back to one man shows which were were sto you know were stories um but not not really stand up and then i pivoted a bit more back to stand up again after that but uh yeah so it's, it's it's kind of interesting to look back and think i wonder if i'd you know, I wonder if I'd stayed with with what I was doing and not gone back to stand up how things were doing. But yeah, it's uh I did a show called Christ and a bike. Uh, and um, <laughs> which was all about my relationship with Jesus, which I think again, you know, we we touched on quite we touched on a, a lot of the, the big themes, both of us, so there are similarities. But I uh someone from America came to see. It. I just thought sort of was thinking about this today because <laughs> someone from America came to see it. It was two thousand and one uh and someone came and said we must put this on in new york we're gonna put this in (laughs) off broadway in new york uh and i was very excited and then uh 9-11 happened and they didn't want to do a show about religion oh wow so i feel i'm more probably the main victim of 9-11 really because yeah yeah, and i I actually
2: i think it's possible the terrorists heard about the
0: show (laughs) yeah i think that's it i thought how could we ruin this about, about a guy doing religion. So, yeah, so I missed that ch- that opportunity to, to play off-Broadway. So, you know, have a think about that New so, York.
2: Someday. Someday Christ on a bike.
0: <laughs> someday it'll come back. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, it's, you know, it is... it is um, it, When you... I mean, I'll, we'll, we'll we'll wrap up soon. And I'm, this is mainly for myself. <laughs> <laughs> At what point did you kind of... Did you realise... Because you feel like a, a stand-up comedian to me. You know, there's some, some people who are actors who do stand-up comedy... You're obviously new both. It feels to me, looking at you, you're a stand-up comedian who also happens to be a terrific actor and has has done acting. Oh, thanks. Maybe, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're an actor who did stand-up comedy. But at what point did you sort of realize that you wanted to go that? Because it get like you say, it is it's unusual for an American act to to not just do the clubs and then do maybe a special of basically unconnected material. What what was the what? what can you remember what pushed you towards this type of show
2: well i i had wanted to write uh comedy since i was in high, like in ninth or tenth grade and i would write uh the satire issues of the school newspaper i wrote for the school newspaper in earnest and (laughs) i would write uh parody issues sometimes my brother joe did that too and he he was older than me and he he sort of taught me how to do that and so when i got to uh, to my university i uh I said, is there a sketch comedy group here? Because I'd like to write for them. And they said, no, but there's an improv group. You could audition for that. And I did. And I got in. And then uh, I couldn't believe how funny these people were. I just thought, oh, these are the funniest 10 people I've ever met in my whole life. And I felt like it was like home. And I just felt... And they're still some of my best friends today. And And I just... I kept going towards performing and writing comedy, performing and writing comedy, and I was studying screenwriting and playwriting in, in at my university. And so uh, I merged the two things, playwriting and stand-up comedy, and into what it is I do now. And so that it, it really is, it was honestly just going, it was going towards my passion and obsession over and over again until it was worth Anyone's time to watch it.
0: Cool, it's really interesting. I and mean, if people uh in the UK haven't seen your stuff, I really do recommend you see- seek this stuff out and do come and uh, go and see either in Edinburgh or London, uh, the old man in the pool. Yeah, uh, which I'm sure you know has had fantastic reviews. It, it, it feels like it's your, you know, all your shows seem to be critically acclaimed, but this one seems to. Have even gone up another notch, i don't know if that's fair to say in terms of the you know reaction
2: you know my director said that Seth said that recently he goes, I think it's the best reviewed of the bunch it's my fifth one, yeah, and uh i do I d i hadn't it hadn't occurred to me, but I think it may be I think it's possible
0: yeah well listen, you, is... it, you always want to feel that when you're doing a show, I think it's very hard, but I think it's 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 not always great to see see reviews, obviously, but no I think no when you but when you get an idea, you know, that, of how it's going down, and you'll be getting that from audiences, and as you say, this seems to be a show that, that touches audiences in a way, because, you know, it's talking about disease and death and illness and and, and these and, are things that touch everyone,
2: right? And it's, it's worth pointing out that it, it's it's age, you know, it's not age specific. You know, it's one of those shows that, like, I've seen 12-year-olds in the crowd right. who love it. I've seen 100-year-olds in the crowd who love it, and, and it's and it's intended that way. I mean, I, I really go out of my way to kind of pull out cultural references and really, like, you know, anything that won't uh, relate to people. And so, yeah. I, so I, I, I don't know. It's yeah, I'm very proud of it. I, I hope people, I hope people like it in Edinburgh.
0: And and, and you know, it's the thing that I like about com- most com- comedians will do this in some degree. But it's obviously turning bad news and unpleasant things into things that we can... And frightening things into things that we can laugh about. Uh, And it's a very funny show from from all accounts. So I, I, I... I think I'm going to come and see it, Mike. I'm, I'm like, the, only, the, only, the only reason I wouldn't come to see it is I just don't want to pollute my own show by realizing it's not as good as yours. But, this, is, uh, this is called retail. <laughs> this is called retail ticket selling.
2: I've could, it's taken one hour to convince Richard to come to my show.
0: I'll bring someone. I'll probably come with someone. Else. Well, that's, that's two tickets. That's fifty quid in your pocket. Oh my god! You know, we've got to take some uh, some expenses off. What's your, oh, what's your? Do you know?
2: Also, what also, if Bubble Man is playing at the same time, don't <laughs> yeah. feel like you have to come.
0: Okay, then I, I won't. I won't come. I think he's <laughs> it's, it's in the afternoon. You'll be fine. It's a real uh, honor and a real pleasure to to talk with you, Mike. So thank you, you for too, giving so much time. Uh, and uh, hopefully come and uh, see the show. And hopefully see you down the line somewhere. It'd be lovely to do one of these uh, live as well. If you, in if, person, yeah. If, it ever, if, it, if, our, if our schedules ever cross over, but I would uh, love that. Cheers, man. Really right. it. Thank you very much. Thanks, Thanks Richard All Thank right. you. Bye bye. You have been listening to Rahulastafa with me, Richard Herring, and my guest, Mike Berbiglia. Uh, thank you very much to Scant Regard for this beautiful music. I'm indebted to my friend and producer and director, Chris Evans. Not that one, or that one, or that one, or that one. Uh, thank you also to the wonderful Mabel. Thank you very much. They were br- lovely. What a it's Much more professional than our oh, setup. Uh, thank you also to uh, everyone at Zencastr for your fine work in giving us stuff to do. This is a Sky Potato Buzz and Go Faster, production. It's the last one from Edinburgh. We'll be back to regular Rahalastafers from next week. And we're on tour, richardcarry.com slash Rahalastafers. Come and see us. Goodbye.